Hello, world singers. My name is Tyler. And my name is Brooke. And this is Cosmere Conversations. Here we are with our final installation of our epigraph series from Rhythm of War. Thanks for those of you who have listened to all of these epigraph series. We have part five epigraphs, which are the musings of everyone's new favorite slash most feared character, L. Certainly the most intriguing. I feel like that's the best word to describe L at this point. It's just so many questions, so much mystery. And if you're just dying for either A, you know all the answers to the mystery and you want to explain it to us, or you have more questions about the mystery, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, Patreon, YouTube, everywhere. But let's keep this one real focused, real tight on Mr. L, Dr. L, (laughs) L the Fused, L no name. L has no title, actually. Yeah, exactly. L is just L. So, just L. No, we can't even be just L. That's even too much of a title. The Musings of L are one of the shorter epigraphs in total. Like, all the words put together. Yeah. L's Musings are the shortest. And they follow kind of a pattern or verse that yeah. seems unique to the Fused. So, and then I, I, I wanted to also just say the like full title of these epigraphs which is quote the musings of l a fused scholar of human art forms on the first of the final 10 days end quote and there's a lot to unpack there yeah just the title (laughs) is like wait a minute but i just at this moment want to highlight the fact that he is a scholar of human art forms and I think that the the way that this is written really is artistic and poetic and like mm-hmm. gives this whole other side to this character that is very interestingly juxtaposed with his scary creepiness. <laughs> yeah, everyone is worried about him. But I think that this book does... The same thing with three characters from Rhythm of War, which is Leshwi, who has that bond with Kaladin, Rabaniel, who has that bond with Navani, and then the introduction of L. And each of those kind of gives a little bit more insight into the fuse than we maybe previously thought that there was. And so I see them as kind of importantly linked in this story when Leshwi was first introduced I was like oh my gosh we have to spend so much more time with Leshwi yeah I mean I I think that Leshwi and Raboniel are very interesting and they're like sort of foils for each other and they are each like examples of the fused slash singers being more complicated beings than both maybe the reader and the Alethi have previously thought of them as to me l is like a complete outsider like a total variable i don't really understand who he is he's like the only one that's been left behind and he just seems to sort of exist outside of 
typical fused culture, which makes them so interesting and yes. why there's like so much mystery. Because previously I would have thought that like fused culture being linked by odium or, or led by odium would be very unified and very kind of samesies all across the the border because if you just think of them as like a mindless horde of odium well the mindless horde doesn't need to have a mind it doesn't need <laughs> to have any differences but leshwi and rabaniel kind of prove that wrong and then both of them have hesitancy or outright fear of l and they kind of vocalize that like oh as you said l is the outcast l is the weird one in our society to the point of having the title Vire stripped away from him and obviously Moash gets that title uh, but the the role of titles is interesting we have to assume that because this is called the musings of El a fused scholar of human art forms that this is his own title for himself like his descriptions his personal oh. journal personal diary or something yeah that's interesting that's, so, a, that's a really interesting point actually yeah because the other Fused would just refer to L as L, but he refers to himself as L, a fused scholar of the human art forms. Yeah. And then to set it on the first of the final 10 days is obviously in relation to the final pact that Dalinar and Odium make. Yeah, the days before the challenge. And so we are left to assume at the end of Rhythm of War that maybe the final book in this first part of the stormlight archive is going to happen in 10 days or most of the book will happen in 10 days and then there will be like a little bit of the afterwards but i or it will be the lead up of 10 days and then the final challenge these are going to be a long 10 days exactly a whole bunch is going to be packed into those 10 days it's actually similar to the way that brandon finished the wheel of time series i know this is a completely separate thing i don't want to go into wheel of time but when he was asked to finish that narrative arc he had at least one book that was one day it was wow. a gigantic like battle and comp uh -huh. all of these things were coming together after like 20 books or something and it was a single book almost in one day or like one and a half days yeah i mean so as you it could stands in the stormlight archive there is a little bit of that already where there's not actually that much time passing in the course of the books that we have so far. And yet so much <laughs> happens. It feels like a long time. And so I know for myself as a reader, I have to like keep reminding myself, you know, this battle or XYZ thing only happened, you know, maybe a month or two ago for the characters in the mm -hmm. book. Because Elle's musings are written in kind of a poetic or meant to be read in verse, let's not break it up too much. Kind of let's give the feel. They seemingly fall into kind of three chunks. Yeah. And so we're going to read through each of those chunks or subcategories or whatever you want to call them. And then we'll give commentary on each of the pieces and pull out the important parts. So, Brooke, can you start us off with the musings of Elle? Quote, I look forward to ruling the humans. I had my title and my rhythms stripped from me for daring to insist they should not be killed, but should instead be reconditioned, repurposed. Humans are weapons. We singers revere the passion, do we not? How can we throw away such an excellent channeling for it? 
I love their art. The way they depict us is divine. All red shades and black lines. We appear demonic and fearsome. They project all fear and terror upon us. To humans, our very visages become symbols. You find echoes of it even in the art from centuries before this return. Watch them struggle. Witness their writhing, their refusal to surrender. Humans cling to the rocks with the vigor of any Risharian vine. End quote. So let's just kind of first thoughts, first feelings. What was the most important part from that little beginning chunk with Elle? I mean, I immediately notice the fact that he mentions his title and rhythms being stripped from him. And now we find out the reason for that is that he wanted to preserve the humans, not necessarily like in a benevolent way. To rule them. I mean, he, he <laughs> said he looked forward to ruling the humans, but he doesn't want to annihilate them or completely destroy them, but instead to use them. I find this interesting when combined with something that we know and talked about a lot in our last episode, which is the false desolation with Ba'ado Mishram. Mm. There's been some speculation that it was maybe El as the fused and Ba'ado Mishram as this powerful entity and unmade that were actually kind of in cahoots um, leading the false desolation. Hmm. And maybe it was... Well, El's vision of kind of not annihilating them that intrigued Ba'edo Mishram enough to make this pack and kind of both achieve their own goals. As a fuse, though, wouldn't El have been sealed on Braze at that time? Yes, I believe that by default, that is what we would understand is that the fused are there. But then the concept of a false desolation, I think, brings up some queries and questions about is that happening completely separate from any fused yeah or... that was my understanding is that was like the whole yes that Edo mishram and because, the singers yeah, work together there without... couldn't be an actual desolation and the fused couldn't actually come back the singers didn't have their forms they used by auto mishram instead yes and that is the prevailing theory right now. There are at least a couple of people online who are talking about the speculation that maybe the goal of L being juxtaposed or opposite kind of of the goal of the other fused and odium was maybe either A, like inspiration for the false desolation or B, that he actually had some hand in it. Like if... His name was stripped away and he was like removed from power in a previous desolation. Maybe it was some of his efforts to like convince Ba'edo Mishram and the singers to then start the false desolation. These are all just speculations. It's just complete craziness. Yeah, I feel like there's not uh, there's not textual evidence for that. And I, I like, agree. I like my theories to be at least somewhat supported. Well, this is the least... <laughs> Connected to the text or the least thing that we have <laughs> answers about because yeah. Elle is such a mystery and Brandon has said nothing yeah. about L except for read and find out. It's literally all just question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> now, for me, one of the most interesting things is this question that L brings up is humans as weapons. 
it's also the position that Odium has of Dalinar. Like he sees mm-hmm. Dalinar as a weapon that he's going to use in the fight of the gods across well, the Cosmere. And I feel like humanity as well in that sees himself that way. Or no, 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 no. I mean, Odium. Mm. In addition to talking about Dalinar, like he kind of wants Dalinar because he wants all of the beings on Rashar to be his army. Yeah, for he the calls Cosmic it a training War. ground. Yeah, which with the Voran traditions of the Tranquiline Halls is also very much intertwined in their own religious beliefs. Yeah. I do believe there's a big question of like why El's title was stripped away and then why it was given to Moash. We know that Vire mm. means he who quiets yeah. or the one who quiets. And I think that there will be more and more links and connections between those two, possibly in the future. That's an interesting question. Let's go to the next section of El's musings. Quote, humans are a poem, a song. For one so soft, they are somehow strong. For one so varied, they are somehow intense. For one so lost, they are somehow determined. For one so confused, they are somehow brilliant. For one so tarnished, they are somehow bright, radiant, end quote. Now, this one or this this chunk to me is like the most poetic. This is really like so beautiful, just waxing (laughs) just in front of us, just like, "Mm, let me show you my talents. And I also feel like it's uh, maybe partially inspired by the Phil Collins Tarzan song. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) When I read the opening line of for one so soft, they are somehow strong. That's all I hear. (laughs) And that is either going to make sense to you or not at all. So we're just going to keep on rolling. Oh, gosh. Clearly, there's this dynamic and back and forth that Elle is setting up and playing with in this language. They are varied and intense. They are lost and determined. They are confused, brilliant. They are tarnished and bright and then ending radiant. Yeah. And we know that that's the thing, the ability to form the radiant bond with the true spren that is so significant to the overall Stormlight Archive. Why do the Spren bond with humans when the singers are the natives of Roshar? What happened in that relationship? How do those powers work and differ from the Fuse powers? It's all kind of wrapped up in that one word, radiant. I would also point to the fact that he calls humans a song. Mm. And we spend so much of this book with song and rhythm uh being so integral to rashar as a planet and to all of the powers and light that exist there um so just kind of an interesting connection there another one of those things that really ties humanity to rashar mm-hmm. you know and, and navani and rabaniel talk about this a lot where rabaniel kind of indicates that you know, the singers are the the true people of Rashar and humans are these interlopers. And, you know, Navani jumps back and says, maybe my ancestors, but I was born here. Yeah. Like, I'm Rasharan just as much as you are. I was born here. I am of this planet. I, too, am of the rhythms. I think that L recognizes that and it may have been something that caused a divide between him and the fused in the past kind of led him on his own individualized path uh, because that concept that like 
the natives of Rashar are the ones who are there. Like there, there's just this interesting idea that Brandon's playing with, uh, that we have this concept very like well-tread, uh, well-exemplified throughout our own history motif or, or concept idea that there are true people and then there are interlopers, there mm-hmm. are oppressors, there are conquerors, whatever, but those are not the true people. And we see this all the time. And I think one of the things that Brandon is saying with the Stormlight Archive that, no, no, it's not that simple. And yeah, it's not that sure. straightforward. L seems to be a recognition of that, but then the fear associated with him, to me, it's almost like, is this fear justified or is it just the fear of something new and like a i don't want to make too many hard comparisons here but just stay with me for half a second is l jesus is l <laughs> something that society is terrified of is afraid of because it represents change it represents a contradictory mindset or idea i see where you're getting that half the people are yelling at if you're driving please be safe as you're (laughs) listening to this don't get road rage because of my suggestion also like no disrespect to religion or anything i think that uh, it is uh easy and desirable to be able to like look at this poem and just think, well, the person who wrote this obviously, you know, really admires humanity and, you know, is maybe trying to be nice to them. But I think that this is more like a scientist looking through a microscope at an organism Mm -hmm. that is, you know, a little bit gross and weird, but also like kind of cool. Yeah. And there's a detachment there. Like, I don't really think that he's looking at humans and really like giving them uh, what we would say, like humanity or, you know, aliveness, awareness, uh, compassion. I think that humans are more of a, uh, plaything, yeah. yeah, something to be manipulated and studied and interesting, but like that also means that he's okay with you know testing and seeing what happens if you like rip a human's arm off or you know like that kind of mindset. I think is more where L lives. I agree, and I think that there is. Because there's only this little bit about L, and there's already so much interest and intrigue regarding who, what, when, where, why L, that, yeah, I'm just going to go full bore with all possible speculation. Maybe L is the good guy. Maybe L is the one that's going to wrap this all up in a nice little bow. I doubt it. However, I am most interested by his ending section. So let's complete this little musings thought experiment with the final section. Quote, And so I am not at all dissatisfied with recent events. Rashar will be united in its service of the greater war, and I will march proudly at the head of a human legion. They should not be discarded, but help to their potential, their final passions. Yes, I look forward to ruling the humans nearly as much as I look forward to serving you, newest odium who was so recently one of them, 
you understand, and you are the one I've been waiting to worship. End quote. Okay. Just the fact that Elle is like real excited about worshiping Terravodium, I feel like that says all you need to know. <laughs> it undercuts my little Elle is Jesus idea. But I also... Bad person. I like the idea that Elle was watching and kind of waiting for a change in power, a way to move away from Raysa Odium, or was comfortable i just i like outcasts i guess in a way and i you and the rest of america always about the underdog not necessarily underdog i think i feel like that's a different type of thing yeah same thing well same principle i i hear you yes they're very similar obviously like very individualistic one against everyone else type of concept sure but specifically i just get like a kind of hoid vibes from l in a way where he's like sitting back and waiting for his opportunity to push the boulder and maybe he tried it in the past and it didn't work out obviously got his title stripped away but has just been kind of like sitting there waiting for the moment to strike i do think that this begs an interesting question which is uh, is L going to be sort of re-elevated? Mm. <laughs> Elevated. Best joke. Because he and Teravangian are more aligned mm-hmm. than perhaps he and Raysa were? There's no real telling what Teravangian, Teravodium is going to do in the future, except we know that Teravodium says that he now not limited by his frail human body. Yeah, I mean, he seen, and we're going to do a whole episode about this. There's a next one, guys. Next episode. <laughs> so we'll talk more. But he seems like he is on board for the, like, cosmic conquering that was already on the table. But he also says very clearly that he wants to save everyone. Now, trying to save everyone can be very bad. And yeah, I that's mean, not how many... Yeah world conquerors have said that (laughs) however i agree with you that there could be a new bond a new elevation of l so that (laughs) teravodium and l are now kind of leading the charge or just a a role reversal i can definitely see happening because okay because this you know fits right in if l is like yeah, we don't need to destroy the humans. We will be magnanimous. We will keep the humans alive and let them be our soldier slaves. I mean, I feel like that is a, a selling point for Teravodium, right? Who's like, I'm going to save everyone. I don't want to kill all of the humans. I used to be human. So that's sort of a, a common ground, right? Where he would be like, yeah, man, you get it. We're going to save them. Save, you know, in, in quotes. quotes. Yeah. yeah. Both L and Odium, Raysa Odium, speak of this greater war, what Odium calls the War of the Gods and the coming war that he's preparing everyone for and that he hopes to use Dalinar to lead that charge. I think that clearly this is the big question in the Cosmere is what if what we see on Rashar is not 
the actual bad things. Like, what if we have the, we've speculated a lot about autonomy as a big bad. Now we have these new shards that were mentioned and we talked about previously uh, of mercy and invention, whimsy, like all of these new elements in the Cosmere and Odium seem to be planning for a very long time to like be a part of this war. And I think what Brandon has try to make very clear in the Stormlight Archive, as well as his other books, including Skyward uh, and that series, is that war is never as simple as good guy, bad guy. This is not the Lord of the Rings, where it's Sauron versus the hobbits and the forces of good. There's yeah, more I complexity. Think, yeah. So I, my question That's is just like... a whole other yeah, conversation. Is there some chance that the war of the gods the coming war the greater war whatever you want to call it is it actually important that our characters are prepared for that even though odium you know bad at his preparations or we can have qualms with the way things went down is his underlying goal of preparing for that war actually something that is valuable and important for our characters i think that's a big speculation and i think l is part of that speculation and that's what we're gonna have to see going forward before we get to the Katek, the end note of Rhythm mm-hmm. of War, let's actually give a the physical description of L because I sure. believe that yeah. this is really important for what we can expect in the future from L. Quote, the figure had twisting horns on his head and carapace that reflected the light wrong. He always ripped off his natural carapace formations at each rebirth, then replaced them with metal inclusions. They were incorporated into his body by void light healing and his own special talents. End quote. Now, one, we knew that L was like the last of the fused, the or the last type of fused that we hadn't seen on the battlefield. And oh, I didn't catch that. That's I a believe, good call. I believe that Kaladin... It could have been Dalinar as well, but I believe that Kaladin mentions that they had seen, once they saw Lesion, the uh-huh. pursuer, that that was up to eight, eight of, of nine. the nine types mm, of fuse. Gotcha. So L has some other skills, and he may be like the only one of his type. Yeah, I mean, he certainly is described as being very different for many reasons from the other fuse that we've seen. But then this description of him ripping off his natural carapace and replacing it with metal inclusions immediately screams one thing to me and that is hemallergy i am wondering if l discovered hemallergy before you ask yes someone did ask brandon that and he said read and find out (laughs) not giving any answers about l but when Metal is going into people's body. Yeah. To me, it says hemallergy. Yeah. And, and like, is he using racium? Mm. You know, like, what metal is it? Exactly. Is my first question. Because from the metallic arts, we know that the type of metal that is used as a spike is important. Yeah. And the place in the body that it is spiked into is important and that the person who is being spiked is important so you have like these kind of three different elements 
seemingly we know very little about if L is doing any of those things. So this might not be any type of hemolurgy. It could but just like, be like big question. What are his own special talents? That's what? what I believe is like connected to his fused type and like the things that he learned over time. But to me, I have so many questions. Exactly. It's just all questions. Well, and the fact that there is, as far as we know, only one of this type of fused makes me think that maybe it's the bondsmith correlation Mm. because you know bondsmiths there's not very many of them maybe that's why there's only one of this type of fused i did see some speculation and i'll just very quickly summarize it but someone presented that as a concept maybe l was a bondsmith for the fused and then the immediate counterpoint to that was bondsmiths need adhesion and the fused and odium don't have access to adhesion therefore he can't be a bondsmith that would be oh we think that's the type that doesn't exist exactly that of the 10 i see radiance bondsmiths are the one to me it's kind of questionable but I, I really don't know. There's other speculation that they are, that L is a stone ward because of some of the things that hmm. Chris talks about in the Arcanum at the end of the Rhythm of War. But I don't know. And I don't want to pretend like any of these answers are right. If you feel like you have a better understanding of what L is, hit us up. Let us know. Yeah. All theory is welcome. As I said, hemolurgy jumps out to me as like, if metal is inside your body, I'm questioning why you're putting metal inside your body. And Brandon has said that hemolurgy is incredibly important to the greater Cosmere. This is the first really clear example that we've seen of another species or another entity using metal in their body. We would just have to question, does that enhance L in some way? Which, of course, we haven't. Yeah, exactly. We haven't seen any example of that. But that would be what I'm looking for in the next book. If we see something about L, is he maybe doing something that he shouldn't be able to do? Like moving very fast, you know, speed boost like we see in uh, Mistborn Era 2. Is he stronger than he otherwise should be? Are there any remarks about, you know, this makes him different than the fused? I would say is the thing that makes him different actually the hemolurgy that he's using. Right, because it seems like he's already different. So then the question is just like, where is that coming from? Yes. Yeah. And there's, this is all speculation. None of this is given textual evidence. And I just want to be clear that we don't know anything about L. It's all question, question, question. Let's go to uh, the final Katek which is written by L to commemorate the restoration of the sibling. Very interesting. Yeah, so he's big on the sibling, like, or he wants to commemorate I mean, the restoration. Yeah. Commemorations are good. Usually. Nice people do commemorations. Yeah. I mean, it is also possible that he is just sort of functioning as a historian and is simply documenting the occurrence, but it does seem to denote something positive or at least like an interest so this is the very end note of the book short katek quote burdens 
Our calling. Songs of home. A knowledge. Knowing a home of songs. Called our burden. End quote. Now, I always find text beautiful, but Brandon is doing something like beyond compare, beyond description. I don't, it blows my mind. This is actually a Katek within a Katek, which is within a Katek. I will briefly explain. This poem, this one Katek here that we get from L, also makes up the five parts of Rhythm of War. The, not the chapters, yes. the parts are all titled yeah. this Katek. And that's true of every book in the Stormlight Archive. Exactly. But then all the books in the Stormlight Archive themselves are a Katek. At least the the titles, the titles of yes. the books are, or excuse me, their initials. Like if you take the first initial of each word in the titles, they form they a Katek. They are symmetrical. Exactly. So clearly, the Katek form is something that Brandon has a lot of respect for, and he's using it in every single one of his books. It's such a cool poetic idea it is it's and it's that's why it's so interesting to see it from a non-human possibly villain character like we're supposed to be worried about l that's kind of clear from the text is like he's set up as something that's scary and to see this katek be so important to rhythm of war as a whole i think that it's just a great glimpse of there's more going on with L than meets the eye. Yeah. And I think there was even a note that this particular structure of Katek is specific to the fused. I don't remember where I read that. Yeah, because the humans kind of always balance their Katek in the middle and L in this one. Right. So that because there's always a a visual component of written language on Rashar, at least the ones that we've seen in Alethi, where both in the women's script and in glyphs, right, there's some sort of uh, like visual art aspect Mm -hmm. of the written language. And so that carries over to their poetry where just seeing the poem written on the page is also sort of made to be symmetrical looking so that the poem is balanced visually as well as uh, linguistically. In this poem written by L, he has intentionally made it more of like a stair step so that the final line is the longest and that is intentional. He's sort of taken this possibly my, my theory is that he's taken this human art form and he is sort of creating a singer version of it. Well, he's blending, just like we've seen in so many other aspects yeah, of Rhythm of War. absolutely. And that blending is the most powerful thing, maybe? I don't know what Brandon's trying to say we'll with this. We'll find out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> now, there is a theory or concept that I think is important to mention when it comes to the musings of L. And it actually comes from the 17th Shard, a user named The Springineer. Great name. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Love that. But they point out that history is written by the victors. And the other 
epigraphs that we have seen include excerpts from in-world books, letters written between characters, documents uh, like on Navani's Fabriel lecture. Like they're all things from Mm in-world. It would be unusual if this was any different. So, I mean, obviously it's in-world. It's by L. Yes, but it's a document that L wrote down. Some type of journal, diary, whatever you want to call it. The Springineer basically said that the only reason we have this document is because someone collected it after the final 10 days. It's It would be unusual to see something happening like in real time as if L wrote these words, musings, first of the 10 day, and then that appears right away as an epigraph. The Springineer is basically saying that mm. this is a document that was found or collected afterwards and the victors are the ones who are most likely to collect and put importance on a document like this i don't know if i buy that i think there are other epigraphs throughout the stormlight archive that are happening concurrently with the plot so like you know that's a good thought but i just don't think there is enough evidence for that the kind of end result of the springineer's Engineers. Musings musings is that this is clearly a setup for the loss of our human characters, the loss of Dalinar and the victory of the Odium slash Fused slash Singers, and that the reason that it switches from, you know, following Navani's work and following the Rhythm of War written by Navani and Rabaniel... Mm-hmm. It's a transition from humans mm-hmm. is where we start to blended to only a singer because that's the I like transition. that point. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that point that we kind of start with uh, human only epigraphs and then we go to the rhythm of war in world book, which is both. And then we transition to singer only. That's an excellent point about the beautiful construction yes of exactly these bugs. and so i would be very worried if the first epigraph of whatever stormlight five is named begins with l like or another, another l fuse thing. yeah i would be like yeah. oh no springineer was right but i mean i keep think that in that mind i i think that it is totally possible that we start to transition to more uh, singer and listener Mm. points of view as we go because that has been the trend. Yes. Right? Is uh, moving more towards that and like a blending. Like Relaine, for example. Right. Yeah. Relaine and Venley and everyone else. And I think that it's really possible too that Dalinar loses. Obviously, it's either a win or a lose scenario. It doesn't seem like you're going to get out with either winning or losing. And so, of course, everyone is coming to Dalinar's defense preemptively. And they're like, Dalinar can't die. Brandon named his firstborn child after Dalinar. There's no way he kills the guy in the book. And then there's just a bunch of people like after that comment being, here's a lot of examples of authors having tragic heroes be, uh, you know, inspirations for their own in-world children i mean i really do think that like dalinar kind of has to die although i feel like he still has so much work to do well i don't know we'll see yeah the question is is dalinar going to be his own champion which sets up his death 
but also would undercut the pact that was made with Odium because the deal is that if Dalinar loses, he becomes Odium's champion for the greater war. Yeah. And so if Dalinar is then in the fight that determines that and he loses, then he's dead and then he can't be. Therefore, there is a question of can Dalinar even be the champion in this or does he have to pick someone else? Clearly, that then introduces a lot of like, is it going to be Kaladin? Is it going to be Zeth? Is it going to be Adolin? Mm. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know. He could be a cognitive shadow or like, you know, depending on the rules of the duel, duels don't necessarily end when one person dies. Yeah, I yeah. suppose there's certainly you can lose by points. You can lose by first drawn blood. Like, I feel like this would be a fight to the death, though. I don't think anyone's getting out of this one uh, yeah. unscathed. But there is kind of a question. Uh, obviously, we have seen characters quote unquote come back from the dead yeah like seth taken their cognitive shadow which dalinar would definitely have yeah. if he died could then be stapled back on his body by odium wow bunch of scary thoughts there because then you have a kind of unbound unchained dalinar who really could become a terrifying force across the cosmere yeah and you know potentially like we see with returned his memories could be controlled to a certain extent where it's like what if we just wipe out all of that good progress that dalinar made yeah i mean i don't think he would really be dalinar yes anymore he would just he would be like the version of dalinar that's possessed by the thrill Mm, but more and infinity (laughs) infinity thrill We've just laid out some uh, pretty scary and depressing things about the Stormlight Archive. Yeah, it's not happy musings. I (laughs) feel like they're very beautiful, but the only thing that that beauty really inspires is terror. There's just a lot of, this seems like it's going to go badly. And clearly... It's very ominous. Yes, that's a great way to summarize it. It's ominous. And... That's where we're left with the end of Rhythm of War and the setup for the last book. Everything does feel ominous. Like there are triumphant moments and huge moments of character growth in Rhythm of War. Obviously, we've talked about how Navani progressing and advancing so much as a character is wonderful, but mainly I'm I just have like a pit in my stomach of I think this has to go poorly on Rashar yeah. to set up the greater Cosmere intertwining and yeah. the different aspects there. So we only have, you know, three years to wait to find out what happens. <gasps> oh, goodness. Let that pit in your stomach just sit there the entire time. <laughs> fester. <laughs> just kidding. You should do other things with your life and not just fester. <laughs> Before we head out, do we have a Stormlight Archive explained badly? We do. I somehow did not get the author of this one. So if it's you, I apologize. Quote, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, but with crab people and superpowers. End quote. (laughs) That's good. I like that. (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) Our next episode is going to be 
all about Teravodium. That's right. We're diving in finally to the one of the big climaxes of the book. So get ready for that. Let us know your speculation, your questions, your concerns, your intriguing ideas about Teravodium and the path forward for L, Dalinar, and all our characters. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, Patreon, YouTube. We are everywhere. Follow us, find us, join the conversation. Brooke, can you take us away? Until next time, life before death. Strength before weakness. Journey before destination. Thank you.